Good morning. Welcome to the Bar and Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, good morning again, everybody. Morning. morning. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, so I'll be all over the place today. I'm just going to be all over the place. The first thing I want to uh, bring up is last week I asked a question, is there a difference between being tempted and being tested? Did you hear about this? And it's been very interesting, the feedback that I've gotten from it. Is there a difference between being tempted and being tested? I asked, I asked, I asked a question in the women's meeting. Very interesting feedback, right, ladies? Yeah, they're, they're doing this. But, and I asked, I asked a question on my radio show as well. Very, very interesting. And so I want to start out with that. Uh, one of the, and the reason for it, because our theme this year is to renew your mind from within, all right? And to know yourself, to know what you know and know what you don't know. And so I want to just ask that question because I haven't responded to it yet. Even on Friday, people are like, wait, you're waiting for me to respond to it. And so at the very end of the show, I said, oh, I'll talk about it on Sunday. They're like, oh. So let me ask right here in the white shirt. Is there a difference between being tempted and being tested? I don't know. You don't know? No. Oh, okay. That's an honest answer. Uh, How about you? I haven't thought about it enough yet. You never thought about it? You haven't thought about it? I'm still going to think about it right now. To my wife right now. Oh, okay. Uh, in the white shirt here. Um, I say no. There's not no difference. No. In being tested and tempted, and why you say no difference? Uh, because it seems like the outcome would be the same. You know, whether you're tempted or, you know, tested. Have you heard that, that before? No, about, I've never heard that question posed like that, no. I, I know, but have you heard of temptation? Yes. And have you heard of being tested? Yes. And you never wonder what was the difference? No, it seems like the same thing. Oh, okay. You just always thought that they meant the same thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You're the first somebody who said that. That's interesting. What? You're the first person who said that. Uh-huh. I think that they both mean the same. Uh, okay. Yes. The only difference I see being tested and being tempted is your is how uh, your awareness. When you're um, a person who uh, person where no uh, no life is a test. But a person who lives in passion will always be tempted. But a person who is not aware, they're not tempted? I said a person... I mean, a person... I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. A person who's unaware of, his, uh, of himself will always be tempted. But a person who is aware of how he, how he feels will always be tempted, uh, tested. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. How about you? I see no difference. No difference. No difference. And why not? Because uh, uh, if there's no, if you don't feel tempted, then there really is uh, is is no test. You you just uh, come out in flying colors. I think that uh, if you have, I'm, I'm thinking of a situation whereby. Say at work, uh, uh, you uh, moved into a new boss, and he's he or she's a real jerk, and you're going to be working <laughs> with this person for quite a while, and this person's always going to be impatient with you. You're going to be tested to to respond with patience. So the temptation to uh, respond incorrectly is part of the test. So I I I, I don't see a difference. I think that there's no absolutely no stress under an adverse situation, then I don't see much of a test there. Does God um, tempt you? Uh, no. He doesn't? No. How do you know? Because uh, uh, temptations of the devil. 
Are you sure about that? Uh, yes, I would say yes. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. <laughs> does God test you? Yes. He does? Yes. And what will be his purpose in testing you? Well, in, in, in growth, I think it, it'll be, uh, purpose would be growth, uh, growth, uh, the growth factor from that. I, I'm thinking uh, of Lot at this moment um, that uh, uh, the devil, uh, you know, uh, tempted him with God's permission. So the temptation would therefore was from, from, from uh, the devil, and, but the, uh, uh, the test was from God, so to speak. And why was God testing him? Um, it, it, uh, I think uh, uh, God was uh, testing him to, because God uh, knew that his heart would not uh, uh, stray from him. Oh. And uh, I guess a, a growth but factor. But if, if Satan went to God and said, I want to test this, uh, tempt this guy and test him, how was God testing him? He just let the devil do what he wanted. Right. But so God, God didn't God wake up one morning him. and say, hey, I'm going to test you today. I guess that Have you ever been tested by God? I believe so, yes. And what was your test? Can you give me an example of a um, test that came from God? I can't think of one in the moment. I think there's little tests, uh, you know, for me to hold uh, my ground and not, uh, you know, with, uh, with you know, maybe uh, 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 women at work or girl at, girls at work that are, are attractive, you know, that, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I, don't, I can't think of... There was a, a trial that I went through um, whereby I was, I was really tested, so to speak. But uh, that was more of, of, uh, uh, of I had to change my, uh, my whole attitude towards, uh, towards life and God and really give myself over to God. That was not necessarily a test, but at the, at the moment I can't think of a, of a test. So you can't think of one test that God has brought up on you all these years? How many people believe they've been tested by God? God does test you. Oh, really? Good. Other people are scared to answer? Uh, right in the black here. Have God tested you? God ha- and give me an example of God testing you. Well, you know, uh, actually my... Okay, I would say all my life. I was just subjected to um, a lot of family oppression and abuse and uh, so that would be what I'm talking about in the sense that that's sometimes God's way of leading you know I I think I told you about having the Holy Spirit come to me and not not knowing what it was so God tested you to to get you to come to him or after you've come to him testing you to test your faith so you have to be patient and forbear and, and, and this is just fellowship all right Stressful fellowship. <laughs> um, God tested you by giving you a bad family? By giving me trials with my family. Uh, in some ways they were very good, but in other ways they did a lot of damage. So. And you believe that God did that? No, he allowed it. No. He, I mean, he, he wanted to see what I would do, I think. Or because a test to is to intentionally do something to a person to see how they're going to handle it. Well, it could have been. I mean, I know there was a lot of evil involved, absolutely. Yeah. And I think evil, temptation comes from evil more than, you know, God, I think of God as, te- like what he said, God is testing you, you know, to see if you have faith or if you will come to him. You know, if you suffer enough, it'll force you to turn to him. And I was a very small child, and I didn't know what was happening with the Holy so you, as a child, you believe that God was testing you in retrospect. with this screwed up family so you could come to him as a child? Uh, possibly. I mean, that's, you know. And the reason I'm asking for this is self-examination, all right? What I've come to realize about myself, there are so many things I thought I knew and understood, and I don't. Because I've heard these different things all my life, and they sounded right, and I knew the meaning of the words from the dictionary, and I just assumed that it meant this or that. And as I'm getting to know myself, I now realize none of that stuff meant what I thought that it meant, and no wonder my life wasn't changing <laughs> because the stuff that I've been taught wasn't helping me. It wasn't, 
I thought I knew what it meant, but it didn't. Well, I, at the, of course, at the time, I didn't think any. I didn't know what to think. I was too small. But this is in retrospect, and, and well, you're right. God, it can turn out to be totally not what I think it is. Why would God want to test you as a child like that with uh, evil? Well, it could have just been pure evil I was subjected to, and not a test by Him. You know, and now that I think about it, you know. So. Now that you're thinking about it, right yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but up until right now, you thought God tested you with that, with a bad family like that. Yeah, I, I was thinking that was the case. You know? Wow, I can understand how I'm you can sure, think though. that as I'm a open. child. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> so what? I say I'm not sure that's the case, but I, I'm open to it. That's the latest thing I think about it. That's right. the thought of the week with it. But but now that you have started to think about it, even right now, is a possibility that wasn't true, right? Sure. That he wasn't testing you like that as a child. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe that wasn't coming. It was just evil I was subjected to. But again, he he didn't rescue me from it per se. He could have if I'd have known that was the Holy Spirit. In other words, I would have known to be be cool. In other words, right. be, I, I would have learned to be in the earth but not of it. And that Were you close to your through. father? Yes, even you, in spite of the mis- damage he did unwittingly. Yes. He caused you some problems? Yeah, but but unwittingly. I mean, he was actually a great father. But as a child, you didn't know that, all right? Uh, well, I did. I loved him very much, but he profoundly confused me, and I did. And I realized after I grew up the damage. You know what I mean? When right. you're in the thick of it, you don't know it's your father. I mean, and he meant very well. But you know what they say about the road to hell being paved with good intentions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, though, that you thought God would... T- I, know, I know why you thought that, too, but... We'll yeah, get well, to and it. at the time I was little, I even wondered if God was punishing me. See? Yeah. But that was when I was little, you know. I didn't, right. You know. And up until now, you were thinking the same thing, that he was testing you. Well, I was you. thinking he was testing me. Yeah, right. but that's... I could, you know, I'm sub- it's subject to change at any moment, what I think <laughs> about it, because I'm learning, too. Yes, know? Exactly. Interesting. You say God has tested you too? God does test you? Yeah, I, I think I was tested when I went through my divorce. By God? Yeah. And why was he, te- in, in what way did he test you going through a divorce? Uh, well, everything was taken from me. Uh, everything that I worked, that my wife and I had worked for for 20, over 20 years. But that's all men now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all the it, little it was stuff pretty horrible, taken. and I, lo- I lost everything, and I uh-huh. ended up. But it's funny. It's like going through a room where everybody's shooting bullets at you, and you walk through, and you get through, and there's no bullets. You didn't get hit by any bullets. And so while going through this, you thought to yourself, God is testing me right now. I, you know what? I was in so much turmoil, I didn't know what to think. I didn't even think about God. I was dodging bullets so bad, I yeah. didn't know what to think. Hold it for him, Josh. That way, I, I was I was dodging bullets so many so much. I didn't know what to think for years. I was a right. complete mess, and I didn't think about God much at all. But as I look back, and I see that after every after everything, I I, I reclaimed a lot of what I lost, and it's kind of uh, almost unbelievable that I actually did. Right, and you believe that God was testing you for what purpose? Um. Uh, I he took everything away from me for some reason he didn't want he wanted me to not have what I had and I, I, I don't know why and how do you know it was him then that wanted you to not have what you had I think he was looking over me I know the devil was involved pretty heavily in what was going on it was pretty pretty horrible what happened right and uh, so I know that Satan was quite involved with the whole process, but I know that God was overlooking the whole situation. So, and you're convinced He was testing you? Yeah. Okay. Right here, did you say that God tests you as well? Did I see your hand on that? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I was out of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you on drugs? I'm going to go with a wallet, okay? Okay. Uh, I, found, I found a lot of money in a wallet, uh, and I had—I used to be an alcoholic, and I, went, I became sober, sober for a few months. And before that, before getting sober, I, um, 
I used to find purses and different things and keep them. Take them home and keep them. And, and after I sobered you need, up. So God would give you some money for your alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after I sobered up, I wanted to do the right thing. I didn't want to do the, the, the wrong thing. And, and before I knew, when I used to do the bad things, I knew they were wrong. But I did it anyway. I just blocked it out. And when I got sober, I couldn't block it out. I just uh, wanted to do the right thing, so I would turn it into the cashier or whoever was there in case they came and claimed it. And I've been doing that ever since when I find things. So God was testing you by allowing you to find wallets well, with the money? The wallet full of money, Yeah. you know? And, and then he was testing me to see what I would do. Oh, that's how Most, I a lot of Christians would have said, oh, I needed something to drink. <laughs> I <laughs> needed some alcohol. Drink. I didn't have no money. I prayed to the Lord and I looked down. There was a purse. And he sent it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Loaded with money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God was telling you on that. Well, that's what I believe. I don't know if that's what I've been taught, but catechism and all of that. Right. You know, but... That's what I believed in. I didn't want to do the wrong thing anymore. So I, I felt all this temptation within me to keep it. Yeah. But I went and I gave it back. Okay. And did they give you a free bottle of gin for no. turning? No. It wasn't a liquor. <laughs> <laughs> over here, way over there in the corner, in the, in the door there. You know, when you first asked the question in the office, I wasn't really clear on. <laughs> On the question itself, yes. well, one thing I can say right now, and I can, I'll, you know, on the record, is that I've never felt like God was testing me. Why not? I just never felt that way. I mean, yeah. I would, you know, things would happen, whether it be dealing with other people or situations. I always sought God's help in enduring the situation, overcoming the situation, but right. I never felt like it was God was testing me. Who did you think was testing you? Uh, Satan. Oh, you did? Yeah. And who was tempting you? Satan. Oh, so Satan's doing both of them. <laughs> but outside, the also, you know, from within. So I never, but I've never really thought of ever that God was. This was a test from God, per oh. se. So you have you thought about it after we talked about it in the office? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's amazing. So let me ask this. Yes, sir. Um, this is the first time that I thought about your question, the church, you know, and uh, kind of now that I'm hearing it, I'm kind of like a little bit. He's uh, not speaking into the mic, John. Hold it for him, John. Yeah, so you can point it toward it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that I'm hearing the question, yes, making me, you know, I'm not 100 percent clear on it, but I'm you know, willing to, to understand you, and listen. You're thinking um, about it now, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking of uh, Abraham. You know, God uh, was that a test? God, God wanted to see if his loyalty. But if God is all knowing, wouldn't He know? Wouldn't He have known? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. You see what I'm saying? So um, I'm not 100 percent sure that was a test. Right. How would that be? A, God would know. He knows you already. He knows you already. So why why did He put Him through that? He already know you're gonna fail or you're gonna succeed already. So why would He put uh, good question Abraham through that if well, that's not a test? Well, there's a different w- relationship with Abraham that we have. I noticed that a lot of people use the. Uh, Old Testament to discuss this issue of being tested and tempted. And so I asked someone, is there anything in the New Testament about being tempted or tested? And so this expert looked it up and he made a very interesting observation. The New Testament has been revised. You know how people write them over and over again. So in the New Testament, they do talk about being tested. Right. But in the, in the, before they revised the New Testament, they used a different word. They didn't use the word test. And what right here with the white shirt on that's on his computer while sitting in a meeting right here. I think it's so amazing that people go to meetings and they'll sit there on their computer while in a meeting. Don't you find that interesting? It shows a lot of respect for the speaker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what's the, what was that oh, word? Special. What was that word for the new? I mean, the old. Uh, it's in Second uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse five. 
Now, the newer versions say, test yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Um, do, not, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? But the, um, the older versions say, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Yes. You're not supposed to go out there, run out to a, um, a bar, and uh, no. sit there and, and, and tempt yourself with a drink. <laughs> Or, you know, whatever. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to examine yourself, as it says. The, the older guys got it right. Exactly. The scribes did not. Yeah. God wants us to examine ourselves. He wouldn't want to test us like that. Because he already knows what we're going to do, how the situation is going to turn out, right? And if you examine yourself, you can see your weakness. You can see what it is you need to see. And I'm... Before waking up, I used to test myself like that, you know, like, oh, I'm a, you know, I've been to church, I'm all pumped up, I'm a Christian, I know the word, and I'm going over to this gal house tonight, and I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I, I know I can resist this temptation, you know, and you go over there, and you fail. Anybody ever done that? Never done that. <laughs> And you fail, and now you're feeling more guilt, guilt, guilt than you, than you felt before you got there because you failed the test. God already understands that we're going to, he knows us better than anything, and God is love, and I just don't see where God tests us. As a matter of fact, if you're one mind with him, what I notice is that he warned you before you fall into temptation. Because he doesn't want you to get into that. He wants you to see what you're about to do to yourself. You know, he said, you know, your conscience try to talk to you and say, don't do this, don't do that. And when you don't listen to the consciousness, which is the mind of God, then you fall into temptation. And I, I don't see where God wants to test us with sin, with temptation. I just don't see it. Now, I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. He is all love. He is perfect love. And why would real love want to test you to make you fall? You know what I'm saying? Knowing that you're going to fail. Yes, ma'am. Um, so when God tested him about killing his son, he just wanted him to see where his faith was? When, when he was tested, it was to show his, I believe it was to show his relationship with his son versus his relationship with God, right? But all that stuff been done, and God has put everything back in order by, by way of Christ. We don't, he doesn't need to test us like that. He allows us to see where we are. By, he by wasn't testing. You just wanted him, um, what's his name? What's the guy you were talking about? Abraham. Abraham. He just wanted Abraham to see where his faith was? Yes. Okay. Which was more important to him. Yeah. Okay. But now because of the Holy Spirit, she missing the Holy Spirit. When you get to know yourself, when you go within, you can see, without being tested, you can see what your real relationship is with God, what is more important to you. He made it possible so we can see it and overcome it because Christ has overcome. Yes, sir. And a lot of people also use Job as God testing, but if you read Job carefully, you'll see that he already told the devil ahead of time that there is none like Job on the earth. He loves me. He will do whatever yeah. I say. He will obey me. Yeah. And then the devil was like, oh, no, take away this or punish him with that, and he'll curse you. Yeah. But God already knew what, what Job was about. He did. Yeah. He knew he would not fall. Right. All right. The thing about it, I, don't, I want you to start thinking about these things. Because these type of teaching that we have had, absolutely wrong. And it's keeping us away from the kingdom of heaven. It's keeping us away from knowing the truth because we assume that we know the truth and life is hell. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you assume, well, I'm a Christian, I know the Bible, I know the truth. If you knew the truth, life would not be hell. It would not, it would be heaven on earth. In the Bible, it says, and I'll read that to you in a minute. It says that, uh, uh, oh, it says that uh, the whole creation is waiting with eagerness 
for the children of God to be revealed. Just think about that. The whole creation, that means the grass, the, the roaches, the cats, the dog, everything, human being, the whole creation is waiting for the children of God to be revealed. But as long as we have this wrong mindset, we would never be revealed. The whole creation is waiting. That's why everything is falling apart, going to hell in a handbasket. Because the children of God has not been revealed yet. It's the hardest thing in the world to get them to wake up. We're supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But no. <laughs> you want to hate. You want to judge. You want to live in the darkness of your imagination. You want to hustle and bustle for money and things and women and men. You want all the sex you can get. And when you turn 90, you take Viagra. You <laughs> just don't want to let it go. <laughs> You want all the friends you can gather. You want to party every night and day of the week. And it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. Awful because the world needs us to wake up. The earth needs us to wake up. We have it in us, I'm telling you. Why y'all looking at me like this? Oh, is, is this interesting or something? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me just take here, then I, I saw your hand over there, Patrick, a while back. Okay, when I, when I read that for myself, I realized I was one of the persons um, waiting for somebody to wake up. Yes. Isn't that awful? Yeah. And they won't wake up. <laughs> so you got to wake up. Yeah. God, the creation, the whole creation is waiting for us to wake up. But now we're afraid to tell the truth in love. We're, you know, we, it's just crazy what's going on. And we're losing everything. Abortion, abortion is just out of control. I heard a story of a so-called abortion doctor in Michigan, if breaking news, that uh, we thought that Dr. Uh, Goshner was bad out of, um, Dr. Goshner out of Philadelphia, right? Is he talking, is the one you're talking about, the Texas or Michigan? New one. Yeah. No, it was Texas. It was Texas? Houston. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Goshner would take the spine of the baby and cut it to kill the baby. Well, they, they, now, I don't have all the story yet, so if, I don't, if I'm not saying it right, because I just heard it at the end of the day on Friday, this abortion doctor, when the baby would come out, would take the neck and break it. Isn't that amazing? Well, and then, in some cases, pull the neck off from the, the head off from the neck of the baby. Isn't that amazing? And he did a lot, according to the report, not just one baby or two babies. And this is happening because the children of God will not wake up. The evil is, has authority right now, and it doesn't have to have that. But you just won't wake up. We'll have good, enlightening conversation right here this morning. And before people get out of the door, they forgot about it. <laughs> They're right back into their hell. Like they never heard the truth. Like there was nothing. I, tell, I said, all week, I want you to, folk, to doubt. Just doubt all week. Don't believe anything, right? Doubt it so you can know the truth. And on Tuesday, I asked some people, what is the assignment? <laughs> What's the assignment for this week? Oh, oh, they forgot already. Anyway, do I sound like I'm yelling at you? Oh, okay. I do. <laughs> I'm not yelling. Yes. It sounds like we've kind of mixed uh, temptation into what we call testing. Because does. Uh, temptation, with the way you said testing, is exactly what temptation is. Yep. You are not examining, but you are putting something on somebody in the hopes that they fall. Yeah. Which what the devil would do. Absolutely. And God doesn't want you to fall. Why would he want you to fail when he sent Christ so it would become impossible to fail? That would be like a contradiction. 
He's going to send to Christ so that we don't fail, so that it is impossible to fail. And then he's going to turn around and try to make you fall by testing you. That doesn't make sense to me. But all, for a long time, I thought it made sense for some reason. Oh, God is testing me. I overate all this ice cream because God was testing me. <laughs> Satan tempted me and God tested me. How crazy is that? And the reason I asked about your father, because I noticed, and I'm going to have a guest on my radio show uh, this week talking about this, I think tomorrow, uh, the people who have a wrong relationship with God have a wrong relationship with their earthly fathers. How you see your father is the way you see God, whether you know it or not. And that is so true, so help me. And I know for a fact, one of the reasons I can see in a different way now my relationship with God because of my relationship with my dad now. When that changed, my whole life changed. When I learned to love him without resentment, everything else changed. You're never going to know God until you can learn to love your fathers, your earthly fathers. It's just not going to work. Yes, Patrick. Just to follow up to it, it's interesting that we do have to go back to the Old Testament to come up with stories right. about testing. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, that with the Holy Spirit, it's a different, you don't need to, you know, take your child up to the mountaintop and get an axe out or something, you know. You're going to go right to hell <laughs> for killing your child. <laughs> Everything has been done. See, that's the reality of life. And all he wants us to do is just live. Everything is done. Christ said it's done. It's completed. And all we have to do is just live. It's already here. It's already now. It's already resolved. It's already fixed. So if you spend a lifetime of worrying and being afraid and lying and stealing and killing and blaming yourself and blaming others, you're a fool. And when you drop your body, you're going to be in shock. It's already done. Yes. One more thing I thought about. You know, he said it's already done with, with Jesus. We know that Jesus was tempted in the desert by the Satan yeah. for four. So did he do this for us already? Or Yes. But, but also when we carry our cross, we're going to expect temptation from the devil as well, just like Jesus did, right? When we carry our well, in other words, when you go, when you seek, let's say, you know, the right life. I mean, the devil's tempting us too. It not, God may not be testing us, but the devil hasn't stopped tempting us. It, it appears now. I don't know that as long as you're walking this earth, Satan is going to tempt you. But the beauty is, if you can accept Christ then Satan's temptation has no influence at all. It has none. You will see him and resist him. That's why the Bible said resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You will see him and you will resist him because now you can see him thanks, thanks be to God, to Christ, that we can now see. He endured everything. He took on everything. All the little temptations and tests that life brings and Satan brings upon you. He did it so that we wouldn't have to do it, so that we can just overcome it. Don't, don't we have to do some of the same things in a way that, for instance, uh, the Bible tells us we need to pray and to fast and things like this? Yeah, you need to pray so that you can see in order to resist the devil. I was yelling at someone today <laughs> because they were talking about their anger. And I said, you know, the problem with you you don't realize that nobody is your problem. No one is your problem. I don't care how bad another person is, how wicked, how deceiving, how, how they are. I said, that's not your problem. Your problem is that you can't see that there's a warfare going on within you between good and evil. You don't see that spiritual battle going on. And so you're constantly mad at other people and blaming other people for your problem. They're not your problem. And you're not their problem. 
they're their own problem because they don't see the spiritual battle going on within themselves. Nobody is my problem. Not one person on earth. Even if someone tried to hurt me and destroy me, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And so I don't take it on as mine. That is denial. It's a, it's, a, it's a warfare between darkness and the light. It really is. And it, but, but and darkness tell us, oh, this person is too this and too that. I can't stand them. I don't want to be around them. Darkness is lying, making you think that that person is your problem. If you are mad at somebody, you're a fool. If you're afraid of someone, you can I use the word fool? <laughs> I want to <laughs> just think about it. You are an individual created in the image of God, and you're going to blame somebody else for your problem to a point that you can't even function. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give another person that much authority over me. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's done already. If you just learn to forgive so that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven, then you can live. But you're not going to enter in until you can forgive. It's just not going to work. And I'm not talking about this phony forgiveness. Oh, I'm going to my mom and I'm going to say I'm sorry. Not that. It's a spiritual forgiveness that has to take place before you can enter into the kingdom and understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, Pat. No, just bringing up more you talk, more questions you're bringing up. Oh, good. Nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. I heard you stole some money. <laughs> and now you bought some new clothes. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Is it possible just to give a compliment and leave it right there? <laughs> <laughs> Before you can enjoy it, I knock it down. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's your job, though, because you're the ego killer. So that's right. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot my question now. Actually. See that? Think about my shirts, not my not my spiritual life. Jack, what's on your mind? <laughs> Let me come here to my dear, dear, dear friend. What's on your mind? Nothing I want to talk about right now. Oh, you don't want, it is something, but you just don't want to talk about it it's now. It's not just one thing, it's just too many. Yeah, I can see it all in you. But I, don't talk about it, but I can tell you how to overcome it right now. May I? Sure. Come out of your head. Don't think on it. It's I not know. the situation that's the problem, it's thinking about it. I know. Why don't you just become aware of that with I know. God? I know. How many more times can I say it? I know. You know what? I know. I've heard it a thousand times, I know. But you won't do it. I would have done it yesterday. And the day before yesterday, and the day before that. (laughs) Is it hard to do? I don't know. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. I just realized something. All right? I'll tell you how to do it. Let me ask this question. Let let me ask Hermes a question. He raised his hand. Right, but let me ask my. So what? <laughs> oh, you just want to ask mine, and but you got my attention by raising your hand. Where's the kingdom of heaven? That's a good question. Um, and can I just ask my question because it, kind of, it relates to that? <laughs> All right, go ahead. You know, you say uh, you said earlier that to accept Christ, but how do you accept Christ? How do you forgive, and how do you accept Christ? That's a really a good question. Answer mine first. Oh, you said you didn't know where the kingdom is. Oh, okay. All right. No, you said you didn't know. Okay. Um, the way you accept Christ is simply by knowing that you have not accepted him. That's all you need to know. Don't be, don't be in denial about it. Because you can read the Bible and learn about accepting him, and now you become a Christian because they say, all you have to do is come down to the front of the church and say, I accept the Lord, right? That's not how you accept him. Just knowing without a doubt that you have not accepted him, you will be able to accept him. And I don't want to give you any more than that because the mind is using against you. It's coming out of denial that causes you to accept him. 
And how do you come out of denial? By realizing you are in denial and asking God to help you, to show you. That's how you come out of it. And you don't know where the kingdom is. Let me ask the lady in the black. Lady in red. Where is the kingdom of heaven? It's within. What does that mean? It, it means that it's, uh, it resides in, in, in us, but we have to find it. <laughs> Still, it means it's in there, but it's like, how do you get it? You know it's there, but you haven't found it. Right. And you know it's there because of how do you know for sure it's there? Uh, well, in the Bible, it says everything we need is, is already within us. I can't hear you. In the Bible, it tells us that everything we need is already within us. That knock and... And so, have you entered into that kingdom? No, I'm still knocking. <laughs> and what's holding you back? When you, this year is about knowing thyself, right? Do you know what's holding you back from entering into the kingdom? I, I, I can say it's a lot of things. Pride, um, not giving up. Are you guessing at that too? No, I mean that is true. I mean, I, I, I can see how how prideful, how how wrong, but still, even seeing all of those things, it's almost like, well, how do I how do I just get there? How do I get from where I am to over where I should go. Right. How do I get there? Yeah, so it's still, a, it's, it's, I mean, like, I, I can see all, what a, a mess uh, my life is, what a horrible existence, what a messed up your kids, messed up your this. Everything is a mess and in turmoil. <laughs> but yeah. still unable to just wake up. Yeah. And, and you know what? The fact that you can see that everything is a mess is good, but you, want, you need to let go, meaning that you don't need to worry about the mess. You don't need to try to resolve the mess. You don't need to do anything about the mess. You just need to see that as a mess. You don't need to feel badly about the mess. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people see that there was a lady at the uh, meeting on... Uh, Thursday night at the ladies' forum, rumors forum, and she talked about how things were so messed up in her life, right? And how some mistakes she made. And when we talked about it, you know, she was able to let it go because I said, don't worry about it. It is what it is. You couldn't help that. Let it go. And then the mess is gone. It's over just like that. The moment, but if you were, if you were thinking on it and worried about it and feeling guilty about it, that's Satan using that to keep you from entering into the kingdom. You couldn't help yourself. When you did that, you couldn't help it. Why hold on to something that you had no control over? Why let the devil play that against you over and over and over again? It's not helping the situation, right? Whatever you did, it was done. Move on. What do you think about that? Well, that's that sounds wonderful, but again, <laughs> but, but again uh, I'm at the point, and I'm like, well, okay, I gotta let go of this. I gotta stop thinking about this, and still, still, don't seem to have breached the gap. You know, it still seems like there's a, a chasm to go. All you need to do is know that you can't do anything about your own life and be still and know God. When you pray, be quiet, shut up, just sit still and allow him to reveal to you. To allow him to cause you to repent, allow him to cause you to enter in. You cannot do it on your own. Nothing, there's nothing you can do. Let go and he'll do it. Because it's all spiritual. And the reason you haven't entered in yet because you still have this anger and you're not going to enter in without forgiving first. Remember the story I told about the young man last week at the gym? He was able to forgive his father before he even went to talk to his father. 
And so before you can enter in, you got to forgive, and only God can cause that to happen. You can't even make yourself forgive because if you were able to make yourself forgive, you would have already done that years ago. You know what I mean? That makes sense? Yeah. So since you can't even cause yourself to forgive, why not just relax? It is what it is. That that anger, which is pride, that unforgiveness, which is pride, will not allow you to just let go because you keep identifying with it. You got to come out out of that darkness by sitting still. Okay. So just keep, continue to sit still. Yes, pray. Uh, pray. Yeah, pray. And see, we have the Holy Spirit inside, and I want to read that too. Yeah. Oh, I got to get to that right now. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us that would take care of the prayer for us because we know not what to pray for. Isn't that amazing? I can't hear you. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but yet you keep praying with words for something and it never works. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why be mad if you can't do anything? That's, I'm mad at myself because I can't fix my problems. That makes sense? It makes sense, yes. Are we having fun or what? <laughs> we ha- we're having turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> What is the most uh, devious part of your body? Of my body? Uh-huh. Of my, my tongue and my mouth. What's the most devious part of you? I guess my, my it's not my, it's my heart. I, I'm sorry? My tongue, I don't know, my, my mouth, because talking. What? Talking. Talking is the most devious part of you? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Can't think of anything else. <laughs> this is this is fun. I can't think of anything else. I mean, it could be my heart. I, I, I could be up here just read. <laughs> I could be up here just read scriptures to you. You just say Amen. Um, the guy in the white shirt here. I won't say your name. What's the most devious part of you? My mind. Your mind. Uh, right here. Yeah. What's the most devious part of you? Uh huh. What? Mind. Your mind. Why do you say your mind? Everything comes from there. Okay. Bad and good things. What's the most devious part of you? I always thought it was your heart. Did you know before, right now, that you there is a devious aspect to you? Yeah, I did. I have. I'm sorry? Yes, I have. How do you feel about that? Well, all I'm doing I... is trying to get you guys and ladies to start thinking. That's all. It's all like a lawyer in a court, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a courtroom. But I'm just trying to get you to do what I do. I examine myself. Right. I really, really, I'm finding out all this stuff. I'm like, no wonder. <laughs> and life is fun when you find out, when you really see the real deal. It becomes fun. And how do you feel knowing that you have a devious aspect to you? I feel sad about it. You do? Yes. And, and, and why do you feel sad? Because of all the people I've heard it. That's why I feel sad. Oh, okay. All right. You feel sad about your devious part, too? No. Uh, no? No. Why not? What do you mean? Well, I just don't. You're okay with being devious? I didn't say I was to you. you, had, that's, you, you now you are being a courtroom lawyer. You just changed the question. <laughs> You the asked heart. me a question, what's the most devious part? I said my mind. I didn't say I'm, I'm believing my mind. I'm just telling you what the most devious part is. And you don't feel sad about it, though? And why not? Well, I think because I'm, I've seen that my mind is where all my thoughts come from 
and because of that, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying into my thoughts. So I, I, don't, I just see it. I, it's not sad for me. I just I see the, the things going on in my head, and I'm not reacting to it. So okay. I don't, I'm not getting down. I mean, I understand what you're saying. People do get down by their thoughts, but that's not happening to me. So I therefore answer the question, I'm not sad. Do you feel sad about your mind? I feel angry. You feel angry, and yeah. why? Everything that I, I mean, the bad things come from my mind, and whenever I see that, I get angry. And why do you get angry? Mm, because, because of that, I do follows the bad steps of mine. Yeah. That's why. Is, um, is there anything you personally can do about it? Do you want to be that way? No. If I can't you do anything. Right. And so if you could help yourself, you would not do it, right? Yes. So why be mad about something at yourself or something you have no control over? It's not in my hands. It just comes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But what you don't realize is that you're judging yourself. Yeah. And as you judge yourself, it's just drawing you deeper into that madness. Yeah. If you could just realize that it's wrong and there's nothing you can do about it, then you can overcome it. Don't be mad about it. Don't be glad about it. Just see it for what it is. Okay. Because you wouldn't do those things if you could help yourself. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? That's true. Yeah. So as of now, stop being mad about it. And then God will come and save you from it. Okay. But as long as you're judging yourself, you're playing God and he can't help you. We're not God. There's nothing we can do about it except acknowledge it without being mad or glad about it. Interesting. I see all those things, but I can't help it. Yeah, I understand. I don't know what are you talking about, but that's really... That's why you have to sit and pray so he can come in and take over. Do you pray? Yes, I do. Yeah, stay with the prayer. All right? Uh, according to Jeremiah... Uh, Jeremiah what? 17. And I'm just going to read a little portion of it because Ed coming up and read Romans to you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah 7, uh, verse 9 through 10 is all I'm going to read. The heart is more devious than any other thing. And when you wake up, when you really, really start seeing yourself, you're going to see how devious your heart is. But you're not going to be mad about it because you see that you have no control over that. It's the light that shows you the heart and that causes you to overcome the heart. And it's all spiritual, and you have nothing to do about it. There's nothing you can do. The heart is, is more devious than any other thing and is depraved. Who can pierce its secrets? I, God, search the heart, test the motives to give each person what his conduct and his actions deserve. You can't do anything about it. You can't even pierce your own heart. And I'm telling you all this because I want you to let go. I really want you to get to know yourself. It is the most important thing that you can do. It is the number one thing to do is to just quietly observe and know thyself. It is the most, if you want to live, get to know yourself. And once you enter in, though, you're not going to be mad about it because the light of God is shining there and it's all love. And you're going to see that you have no control. So you don't blame yourself for it anymore once you enter in. And come and read uh, Romans because of time here. Romans uh, chapter 8. Verse 19 through 27 now. I was just going to do a few verses, but this is so good. I want Romans right here. You're going to start there. And uh, this is about the whole creation is waiting for the children of God to be revealed. What? This whole paragraph? Hold on a minute. Yeah. The whole thing. From uh, here to right there. So, I'm sorry? You announce a Bible verse, you have to do it twice. Oh. You can do it the first time, which is getting too wrong. Is he on the mic? 
You get what? We're just getting to Romans. Oh, I see. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 19 through 27. Glory as our destiny. In my estimation, all that we suffer in the present time is nothing in comparison with the glory which is destined to be disclosed for us. For the whole creation is waiting with eagerness for the children of God to be revealed. It was not for its own purposes that creation had frustration imposed on it, but for the purposes of him who imposed it, with the intention that the whole creation itself might be freed from its slavery to corruption and brought into the same glorious freedom as the children of God. We are well aware that the whole creation until this time has been groaning in labor pains. And not only that, we too who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we are groaning inside ourselves, waiting with eagerness for our bodies to be set free. In hope, we already have salvation. In hope, not visibly present, or we should not be hoping. Nobody goes on hoping for something which he can already see. But having this hope for what we cannot yet see, we are able to wait for it with persevering confidence. And as well as this, the Spirit, too, comes to help us in our weakness. For when we do not know how to pray properly, then the Spirit personally makes our petitions for us in, <laughs> in groans that cannot be put into words. This stuff cracks me up. I'm sorry. It's, it, it, it's really good stuff. Makes our petitions for us in groans that cannot be put into words. And he who can see into all hearts knows what the Spirit means, because the prayers that the Spirit makes for God's holy people are always in accordance with the mind of God. Thank you, Scott. Isn't that something? Uh, uh, Romans 8, uh, 19 through 27. Let's go here with the mic, uh, John, real fast. How much time I have? About three minutes. Okay, three minutes. Um, all I want to ask is, I probably I asked this again before, yes. but for some reason it didn't stay with me. What is hope? Meaning, let's say in that verse, what does it say? It's when the heart hoped to have this relationship with God come back into, you know, that God was bringing you back into the kingdom I mean, in reality. Hope means expect? Or yeah, it can't mean that. Expect in that you're hoping that one day it will take place. So wait for good. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that goodness will take over you one day. I think that's what it should be. But the beauty about it, once you enter into the kingdom within, you don't need to hope anymore because you're there. And Christ made that possible. But hope, when I used to hope like that, I was hoping that God would save me from, my, from the hell that I was in. You know what I'm saying? Somewhat. <laughs> no, I don't know how else how to put it though. This is very well in the verse. I, I oh, right here, Robert. No, no problem. It says it well in the verse. I had never really thought of it. Uh, of course, I'd heard it before. But it said, you cannot hope for what you've already seen. Yeah. Uh, and so that sort of reverse definition may help you. Maybe you could hope for the ability to see that God would allow you to see more light. But why hope if we don't know if it's going to happen or not? If we, It's not on our hand to do or... It's in us. The Bible says that we should hunger and thirst after righteousness. I think it's part of that. It's in us to hope for God, to hope for good. Oh. Because a bit of him is in us anyway, and we want to come back to the Father. Okay. Maybe we don't even know what we want, because I didn't know exactly what I wanted. I just knew I wanted to get out of this hell that I was in. And the Bible said that God is my Father, and he loved me, and saved me. I wanted that. You know, that could be hope as well. Okay. All right. Um, yes, sir. You know what? Well, hold that for me until I need to wind down. Here's what I highly, highly recommend. Our bodies are the temple of the Lord. And within that temple of God, there is life. There is God. There is the Holy Spirit. There is life itself. And in order to enter into that temple within us, we need to know that we're not there. Just know that we're in sin. Know that there's nothing we can do and let go. You need to sit and pray so that God can allow you to see the resentment, the hatred, the judgment that's holding you back so that he can cause you to repent and then the rest is easy.
but you're not going to get in as long as you have one little odor tap bit of anger. It's just not going to happen. And you're not going to overcome the anger until you can learn to sit still and pray so that he can cause everything to happen. That's the only way it's going to happen. You can let Satan deceive you as long as you want, but nothing's going to happen until you can learn. We got time? Oh, I just saw your fist shut down. Thank you, folks. Whatever. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.